Did you want to say anything about any, anything? I spoke yesterday, I had a paper to read off of. Now today, I'm not so sure. Um, I don't know. I, I was going to say all the chords, but I honestly couldn't tell you every one of them. <laughs> but, but I... But she brought a paper, okay, so she could... Yeah, I could read off of it, but I couldn't give you the exact. Uh, th this was for the 4.0 GPA, and then the red chord was for the um, college credit hours and the dual enrollment program. Um, okay, that's all it says. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. she got the athletics cord and the missions cord from all the mission work they did with the school. Um, so anyway, Hannah has done a wonderful job through school. She has been at um, Academy Christian School the entire time, which she also got an award for, the Thoroughbred award for um, that. So she has spent her entire education in a college, uh, excuse me, a Christian school, and then with all the college courses that she's got, she has a very good foundation for going forward, and she'll be going to North Greenville University in the fall, so we hate to see her go, and she's not allowed to step out yet. <laughs> she has to still be involved until August. Um, and of course, we're doing the beach trip next month with the youth group, and, and she's a big part of that because Hannah didn't get to do TNT at TNU the last two years, um, which was a huge disappointment, I think, because she enjoyed playing volleyball so much there, but because it was canceled due to COVID, um, she didn't get that opportunity. So the beach trip, although others are gonna benefit from it greatly, Noel being one of them, um, so we are excited about doing that and being able to celebrate Hannah's graduation. So as the um, RSM group and for the, um, for the church, we are presenting a Bible. It's a women's devotional Bible for Hannah um, that is engraved for her graduation. So we, um, we love you and we just are so proud of everything you've done. And we just thank you for being a part of the RSM group. Amen. Are you happy to be in church this morning? Awesome. Let's give another round for uh, Hannah. That's no small thing. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. I know uh, my time working with youth group, I've seen her alive, seen her grow, and all the other kids grow too. So it's awesome. Sad, bittersweet to get to this point, but also to see what God has in store for her going forward. So I think that's absolutely amazing. So anyway, we come here to give worship and praise to God this morning. So let's stand as we glorify him. So we're going to come and worship him this morning. Let's lift our voices. Let's lift our breath this morning to him. And sing out, sing loud. Sing, come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come, 
just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come, sing one day. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Sing, come now's the time. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to Just as you are to worship, come, just as you are before your God, come. All right, everybody sing one day. One day every tongue will confess you are God, one day every knee will bow. The greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Sing one day. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come. Just as you are to worship. as you are before your God. Come. 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 Amen. You know what the great thing is about it? God calls us to come no matter who we are, no matter what shape we are, no matter what we wear. He just wants us to be a part of him, that he can give his love to us, and we love him in return. And we have come to glorify him this morning and to give him that glory. So let's continue to praise and sing, to God be the glory. We know the words. To God be the glory. To God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gates that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. 
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father, through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Oh, perfect redemption. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of God. To every believer, the promise of God, the vilest defender who truly believes, that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Great things He has taught us, glorify Great things He has taught us, great things He has done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son, but purer and higher and greater will be. Our wonder, our transport, with Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father, through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Are we here to give praise and worship to Him this morning? Let's lift our voices and sing that chorus again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory. Great he has done. Amen. And great things he continues to do. Do you believe that? Amen. For we are here today because of him. So we're going to continue to bless the Lord this morning as we consecutively worship together. Your holy name. 
rich in love. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. When my strength is failing, the end draws near, and my time has come. Still, my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Bless the His holy name, say like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name, I'll worship your holy name, I'll worship your holy name. This morning. Do you love God this morning? So we're going to sing this song as we're closing. And I've played it before, but not as really a worship song together. But if you listen to the words and you hear what is being mentioned and what is being said, the message of this song, I think this is the what should be in our hearts this morning. It's called Christ is Enough. And we're going to go over the chorus together. And I want you to just listen to the song as we play it, as we perform it, and as we worship together with it, that this just seeps into your heart, that you open your hearts and minds. But the chorus goes like this. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. And everything I need is in you. And everything I need. The message is so simple. That Christ is enough for us all. No matter what this world can offer to us. No matter what we can have. It is nothing if it is not with Christ. We're going to sing that chorus again so we can get familiar and we can worship together. And Christ is enough for me Christ is enough for me 
And everything I need is in you. And everything I need. Let's give praise to him this morning. Christ is my reward. Christ is my reward. And all my devotion. Now there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy. Through every trial, my soul will sing, no turning back. I've been set free in Christ is Christ. Everything I need, Christ, my all in all. Christ, my all in all, the joy of my salvation. And this hope, and this hope will never fail. Heaven is our My soul will sing, Jesus is here, to God be the glory, Christ is enough for me, Christ is enough for me, and everything I need. everything I need. Now let's sing, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Sing it to him this morning. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. Christ is enough. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. And everything I need. 
and everything I need. I have decided. And I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Let's lift it up, church. I have decided. No music. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Dear Heavenly Father, we have decided today to follow you. No turning back, the cross before us, the world behind us. God, we call out to you and we thank you, dear Lord, for this time. God, thank you for your spirit, dear Lord, and his movement in our lives right now and in this service. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're being seated, I would ask that you would go ahead and turn to 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 through 21. So that's 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. This is the same passage of Scripture that we had last week. Last week we began the series of love and about God's love for us. For you here, I want to remind you that that is part of our mission statement as Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene, and it's written on the tops of each door as you walk out. It says, uh, you know, God's love for us, our love for God, and then love for others. And that is our concentration. That is our ministry, is that everything that we do uh, involves all three of those things. And as we look at this and we look at love, we see that the love in John chapter, or 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 it tells us twice in that particular passage of Scripture that God is love. And last week, whenever I talked about love, I took you into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which tells us what love is. And it says that love is patient, love is kind, and all those other things that love is. And love is self-controlling, it's forgiving. We have all those things that Paul tells us that love is. And whenever we look at love and we look at God, the love that Paul is talking about there is God's love for us. So whenever we talk about God, we know that God is patient with each and every one of us, right? We all should say amen. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times that God has to show his patience because of our, our ignorance, our boldness or our just simply lack of respect, but also our lack of trust in who God truly is. Because we accept His love and then sometimes we decide that we want to walk away from His love. 
There's times that we decide that we want to do things on our own. There's times that we are not following what God truly has for each one of us. And we thank God that he is patient with us. We thank him that he is merciful to us. God's love and the love that is talked about there is perfect love. Agape love. And as we think about this, I ended last week and I told you that we love God not out of obligation, but out of obedience. So our love to God is not because He's God, so we're going to love Him. We love Him out of obedience because of who He is and what He has done for us. In John 4, in 1 John 4, uh, you know, that chapter 4, it goes in and it says that we don't love God because He loved us first. We, loved, or we don't love God, but we love Him because He loved us first. Whenever we love God, we will obey God's commands to us. So whenever we think about this and we think about our love, you cannot have love without obedience. Does that get, do you get that? You cannot have love without obedience. And whenever God shows us and tells us that he loves us perfectly and that if we have him living within us, then we love because he is love. So if we have God within us and his love is in us, then we obey God. So how do we obey God? In Psalms chapter 19 it tells us in there that the words of God is clear, easy for us to understand. So in this, we get that our life and our walk in obedience to God should be something that is very clear to us so that we can see what God truly has for us so that we can know whether or not we are being obedient to God or not. So in asking you the question, what is God's will for us? What does God want us to do to show our obedience to God? What would you think it would be? Now, for those of you that's been Christians for many years, some of the things might pop into your head and you might say, read scripture, pray to God, come to church, study God's word. Right, Those things begin to flow through your mind as far as what God would have you to do to be obedient to Him. That gets confusing. So Jesus narrowed everything down for us. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And what did He say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love others likewise. Then he says, all of the other commandments hinge upon these two things. So whenever we're living our life and we're walking this walk that God truly has for us, it's not confusing on what he wants us to do. He says, love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
and then love your neighbors likewise. So if you love him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, you'll do all the other things. You'll read your scripture, you'll come to church, you'll love your neighbors, uh, you know, you'll do all of those other things. But we have to begin with love. We have to love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our strength. Now, just so you don't think that I'm really going far off my rocker, look at John chapter 15. And in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17, you will find that there is an I, I am statement that John gives to us. Remember, there's seven or eight that's in the gospel of John. And this is one of them, and he says, I, I am the true vine. Those that believe in me will produce fruit. So if we are a believer of Jesus Christ, we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. We love our neighbors as ourselves. We will produce fruit. Now, I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to make this one really easy for you today because I'm going to tell you the fruit that you're supposed to produce. There's three different types of fruit that we as believers are supposed to produce. So we've looked at it as a vine. I'm going to try my best to keep it in as a vine, but I really love an apple tree as an illustration because it's really good because whenever you plant an apple tree, it knows it's an apple tree. And whenever it grows up, it knows that it's going to produce apples. An apple tree will never produce anything other than an apple. <laughs> it's not going to produce grapes. It's not going to produce pears. It's only going to produce apples. But it doesn't have to work at producing an apple. Why not? Because it's natural from what it is from within. So if Jesus, if God is living within us, then love is living within us, and love is going to produce a fruit. And what is that fruit that love is going to produce? Okay, I told you I was going to give them to you, and I just asked you the question. So the love that fruit is going to produce, okay, that God's love is going to produce, the first one is a spiritual fruit, okay? And we find the spiritual fruit that we're going to be is in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 23, I'm going to start with what it's not first, okay? So in chapter, in verse 19, it is not. That's, that is, this is what a non-Christian's life would look like or someone's life that would look like that does not truly have love within it. Now, you have to understand that the love that we're talking about is agape love, pure love, which is only given to us and only through God Almighty because He is love. So don't get confused. So those that do not have God in their lives, here's where they are. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Here again, we have this word very clear. So it's easy to distinguish someone that has love in their heart and someone that doesn't have love in their heart. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, divisions, envy, 
drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Now, there's a generality, isn't it? It's clear, but it's general. So if you're doing anything that's within the parameters of any of these things here, then you're sinning and you don't have the love of God in your life. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of a life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22 changes completely and says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law these. So if we have God living in our lives and we are living and we are trusting in God, we are obeying God, right? Then we will live a life like this. A life that is full of love because God is love. A life that is full of joy because His joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Oh my goodness. Wait a minute. I think I just confessed a couple of weeks ago that I didn't have joy in my life. The joy had gone. Right? So let's go back to the apple tree. So whenever an apple tree produces apples, it doesn't produce its whole crop at once. You'll go to an apple tree, and that day it might have 15 fruit, you know, 15 ripe apples on it. And that's it. You come back the next day, there might be 20. There might be 30 the next day. Then you're going to pick those, and you come back later on, and there's more fruit. Now, Jesus gives us this illustration so he can help us with our walk and our life. There will be times in your life, even though you are still grafted to the vine and you are still producing fruit, that you will not be joyful. There might even be a time that you're not going to be showing very good self-control. Like whenever driving in the traffic on I-77. Or on 51 because of all the backup. Self-control. See, the thing about it is, is that it's a fruit that the Holy Spirit gives to us. But they will mature at different times in our season of life. There will be times in your life that you're really not going to feel that peaceful. Does that mean that you're not a Christian because you don't have peace in your life? It needs to develop a little bit more. It will develop possibly later on in your life. It might develop later on in the season. But if we're connected, we will produce the fruit. 
we will produce the fruit. In that story in chapter in John chapter 15, it says that he told to his disciples, he said, but you've already been pured and pruned and you're producing fruit, but the Father will prune you further so that you produce more fruit. That's Pastor John's paraphrase. So we as believers and as Christians as we are here today, we're producing fruit, but there will be times that he will come and prune us so that we would produce even more fruit. Now, the pruning is a two-process thing. Sometimes he comes in and he cuts things out that shouldn't be there. This is really the beginning of things starting to grow, right? How many of you have your, your gardens planted? How many of you have gone out to your tomato plants and stuff and, and broke off those sucker uh, you know, little knobs and stuff? How many of you have all done those? Do you know where those are? The sucker branches are the ones that grows in between your little twigs you, you got to break that off if not it'll take the nourishment of the tree and you won't have any you won't have as much fruit it's got to be done for you to be able to do that so God talks about this and about how that needs to be done and how God does it how many of you have ever seen a wild rose bush bloom Peg and I had this wild rose bush that we planted in front of one of our uh, sheds. And I had this trellis that I had up there for it to grow up on. It never grew on that trellis. I'm like, well, it, it's there, just grow on it. But see, I, I was supposed to bind it to it. And run it through there so that it would actually begin to grow to it. Now, I want you to know that after about three years, that thing got so wild and so woolly, it never bloomed a rose. See, in our lives, we just want to do things our own way, right? We just want to go wild. You will not produce a thing if you're going wild. There's no, any type of substance or anything, because everything that should be growing, or shouldn't be growing, is growing. And it's just running wild. All we had was thorns and a couple of leaves at the very end. But boy, those thorns, they got really big. See, we all need to be pruned. To be able to produce the fruit. That God truly has for us to produce. Wow. The spiritual fruit. Love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those should be things that are evident in your life. Now the other type of fruit that we look at. In John chapter 15, second part of chapter of verse 16, it says, I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Some translations say that it is the perfect fruit. 
this particular fruit that is being talked about here is salvation. So the fruit that we produce is salvation within our lives, not because of us, but because we believe in God Almighty. Therefore, we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We are saved. He is our Savior. And because He is our Savior and we produce fruit, therefore, we clearly state this and show this. There should be evident in our lives that we profess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We should be different from the world. We must be different than the world. We've all heard it. There's somebody out there that's watching your life. And you're possibly the only Bible that they will ever read. The Bible that I read speaks to me. Do you get it? The Bible that I read speaks to me. There comes a point in time in our lives as Christians, if we truly believe in God, if we trust and we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, mind, and strength, we will speak to someone about Jesus Christ and lead them to Him as their Savior. That's one of the fruits that we will produce. It is the perfect fruit, the lasting fruit. It is our salvation and the salvation that we give to others. Ray Bolts used to sing the song, Thank You. Have you all heard it? About a guy that goes into heaven. I, I wrote down this little phrase, so I want to, I want to, I'm not going to sing it for you. I wrote this down. It says, friend, you may not know me, but wait. You used to teach my Sunday school class when I was only eight. Every week, you would say a prayer before the class would start. And one day, I said that prayer and asked Jesus into my heart. So now you remember the song? And then there was a line of people behind him that was coming up and telling him all the things that they saw God in his life and that they accepted Christ from that. Now that's part of that salvation fruit that we will produce. But there will be someone, some people, somebody in your life that you speak the gospel to that they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, I would say this, if that fruit is not in your life, then you need to check and see whether or not you truly love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love others likewise. There's something missing there. If we can't profess that we either have the spiritual fruits or the fruit of salvation in our lives. There is something missing. There's many times that Jesus talks about in the scripture 
about talents. And you have the talents as far as one gave, you know, he talked about the talents and what they did with their talents. See, that's a fruit that we have. He gives that to us. Each and every one of us has a talent that God has given to us. And if we do not use them for the glorification of God and for the salvation of others, we are not using them for what He needs them to be used for. And He will take them away from you. But not only that, but let's think about this apple tree. See, from the moment an apple tree springs up, you know that it's an apple tree. Somewhere around year three or four, an apple tree will begin to produce fruit. If you do not pick the fruit off of a young apple tree, before the fruit becomes to maturity, it will break the branches of the apple tree. Because it can't bear the weight of the fruit. So for us, we look at that, and young Christians need older Christians to come alongside of them and to help them to mature their fruit and to handle their fruit. So we need to do that. But what we also get with this is that we also know that there's a ring for every year or that an apple tree or a tree is on this earth. Gets bigger, gets bigger, it matures, it gets stronger. Somewhere around year five, an apple tree has matured enough that it can handle all of its fruit. All the way through maturity. But it never stops producing fruit. An apple tree will produce apples until you chop it down. An apple tree doesn't come to you and say, I'm 70 years old. I'm tired. I need to stop producing fruit. No, it's an apple tree. It's going to produce fruit. A Christian should never come to the pastor or to God and say, I'm 70 years old. I need to stop producing. I'm tired. I'm weak. Let me rest. Yeah. You will stop producing fruit as a Christian. Not even after you live, you breathe your last breath. Because your legacy stays around. That tree that produced fruit, it produced other trees. And they produced fruit. You know, there was, there was a family in the graduation yesterday that the boy that was graduating was the third generation to graduate with a Christian education all the way through high school. Producing fruit, producing fruit, producing fruit. We will always produce fruit. Some of you are most probably thinking about your grandparents. 
Some of you might be thinking about your parents. Some of you might be thinking about that Sunday school teacher, just like in the song of Ray Boltz that prayed that prayer every single week. See, that's the fruit. That's your legacy is the people that believe in Jesus Christ because of the life that you have lived. Because you allowed God to use the talents that he has given to you. Now we're right on time. This last one, I'm going to close with this one here. Because this one kind of sums everything up. Because the last fruit that we will produce is glorifying God. Every single thing that we do in our lives is to glorify God. I produce fruit. I grow this spiritual fruit within me because I love God. Not because of what I've done, but because of what He's done for me. And it's to glorify Him. It's that as everybody looks at the fruit in my life, they are able to see God Almighty in my life. The salvation, God's salvation that I have freely received, that I speak about, that I live in this life, it is so that they will see God. It's all to glorify Him. It's all to glorify God. But you know what? Also in Psalms chapter 19, it also says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of your word in my heart be pleasing unto you. That every single thing that I say, every single thing that I do, glorifies your name. So we look at this. We look at these three fruits. And I say this to you. If you're lacking in these areas, then you need to go back. Do you truly love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength? And then do you love others likewise? Because see, if you loved others likewise, then you would be showing them the patience that God shows you then you would be showing them the love and the mercy that God shows you. Then whenever things come around in your life, then you would show them the peace of God showing through you into their life. But if you're missing it, remember, you will not produce fruit being wild, running free, doing what you want to do. Not going to produce fruit. I'd ask that everybody would stand. See, the, today is it's pretty it's pretty simple. If we don't love God then we can't obey God. And if we can't obey God, then we won't have fruit in our lives. 
we will not be producing fruit in our lives. So I want you to think about this. Look into your life. Where are you? Are you producing fruit? Do you have the spiritual fruits? Now, I'm not talking about right now in your life, you know, the joy's not there. I'm not talking about the fact that you might not be as peaceful as you used to be. But are you producing those fruits or that fruit from the Spirit? If you are and you're loving God, then, then it's going to be evident in your life. Salvation. If you're not witnessing to others and you're not witnessing to them about the salvation of Jesus Christ in your life, then you're not producing the fruit that God's called us to produce. Then you ask the question, do I really love Him? Because if I love Him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I love everybody likewise, then I want them to be saved the same way that I am. Is everything that you do to glorify God? Everything that you do, everything that you say, is it to bring glory to God? If it's not, then there's something missing. Because if we truly loved Him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, we will. Everything that we do so today with every eye closed and every head bowed the altar is open this morning it's like can you answer that question that yes without a doubt I love him with all my heart all my soul, all my mind all my strength and if you do that yes I talked about the fruits that you'll produce but you'll just simply produce them because you love him You won't have to do anything. It's automatic. Where are you this morning? The altar is open for you right now. going to stay long dear heavenly father I thank you so much your lord for today God I thank you for the words that you have given to us God I pray your lord that each person here dear lord that they would receive these words and God that they would meditate upon these words that they would allow them, dear Lord, to sit in their hearts and to stir their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. just want to make sure that you have a bulletin. There's a bulletin here.